I just lost my wiggy spots. Uh, I gotta go back to a new future. Where's the bathroom? Doc, what the heck's a wiggy spot? I can't handle going hairless. Now I'm losing my wiggy spots. You know what? I'm not gonna sit here any longer and talk to a stupid picture. Doc, what happened to going to the bathroom? Ha! I just did. Sorry, Uncle Tom. Look what I can do. Listen, Marty, we've got to go back to a new future. Whoa. Doc, I don't even know what that means. i got to think about Pete, Bob, and Sue. Are her feet hairy? Doc, they're beautiful. Look, I wrote her a poem. Roses are red, violets are blue, I like big feet. No, 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 that's terrible. Doc! She dope. Marty, I'm farting. But we still have to go back to a new future. There's nothing left for us here. There's so much more waiting for us, like a bowl of limeade. What you say? A bowl of limeade. Oh. Leave Sue out. Hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We need to go fast with Jesse. The most fastest triceratops to ever roam the... Wait, no, Marty, I've got it. Uh If Uh we could somehow Uh harness Jesse Uh to a cheetah into Fuzzy Blaster. Uh I like your enthusiasm. We're going back to a new future.
gets hold of you. And with a little help from above, you feel the power of love. So good to be here with you in the room. It is a lot of fun. That is the power of love. Some 80s vibes in here. I love it. So uh, we want to welcome you. If this is your first Sunday joining us, we want to welcome you. If you're joining us online for the first time, we want to welcome you. If you are new here and you want to get connected, we have an easy way for you to do that this morning. There is a number that you can text the word new to, and that number is 407-278-7291. If you are new here and you want to get connected, you want to know more about the church, what we got going on, you can just text the word new to that number and you're allowed to use your phone right now in service we'll let you do that nobody's going to yell at you um, so if you're new here we want you to text that uh, my name is clint i am the family ministry director here i'm so excited to be with you this morning um, if you are been coming to kensington for a little bit and you're looking to take the next step get involved in some way shape or form we have a ton of ways for you to do that and a super simple way for you to get involved in any area that you want to that same number 407-278-7291. If you're looking to get involved with the men's ministry, if you're a guy looking to get connected and try and find some friends that way, the men's ministry has some awesome stuff going on. Jeff's super excited back there. I see you, buddy. Um, they plan some amazing things. They have a lot of fun together. I think there's axe throwing coming up at some point. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, if you're somebody who needs pastoral care or you know somebody who needs pastoral care, we have a super simple way for you to get do that. You just text the word care to that number and we can get you um, started on a track to make sure that your needs or somebody else's needs that you know gets taken care of. Um, if you're looking to get involved and you want to start serving or jump on a volunteer team, just text the word volunteer. We have tons of teams that make Sunday mornings happen and we love our volunteers. Um, if you're looking to get involved,
involved in Celebrate Recovery, which is an incredible ministry that we started up recently um, to get help with your hurts, habits, or hangups. You just text the word recovery. Um, if you're looking to join a life group, because we have some incredible life groups, if you're not involved in one, you should be in one. And we'll talk more about that this morning. You just text the word groups. Or if you're a lady looking to connect with some other women in the area, we have an incredible women's group who's doing some awesome stuff. Um, so you can just text women to that same number. So if you're somebody who regularly comes to Kensington and you know people that are looking for a church or looking to get involved, that's your number right there. You can just give them that number and have them text any one of those things and we can get them jumped in right away. Um, so make sure you have that number saved in your phone. That's sort of our go-to number to get involved here, 407-278-7291. So speaking of men's and women's ministries, we got, like I said, some awesome events coming up. So if you want to register for those or learn more, figure out times and dates and all that stuff, you can go to kensingtonorlando.org slash events. We have all the details on there for you. And uh, last but not least, I just want to say thank you so much for those of you who are continuing to give, um, who give faithfully and give generously. Um, this is, I know, a tough time for a lot of people as we're still, people are still furloughed from work and stuff like that. But your giving literally helps us do what we do on a weekly basis. I can speak from a family ministries point. We have an incredible service going on uh, across the street right now in those buildings um, for our kids. Um, we have uh, awesome student ministries going on. Middle schoolers are meeting right now. High schoolers meet on Wednesday. And we try and provide a really cool, fun atmosphere that, for them to come experience Jesus in every single week. Giving helps that. It also helps our outreach in those areas. It helps us partner with Dillard Elementary on the uh, on the uh, kids' side of things. And the student ministries, I'm working with FCA. I got to speak with the Windermere football team, and I'll be doing that for the next few weeks. And it's through that generous giving that we're able to do those things. So thank you guys so much for partnering with us in that. Um, so this week, we are continuing our Back to a New Future series, and we're going to talk today about relationships. And the fact that we are all wired for connection. Um, and, and that can be tough in an area like ours where it seems like everybody moves to here and nobody's actually from here, right? Like it can kind of seem like that. It's, it's, a very, it's an area where a lot of people are moving through a lot of times. And as we sort of watch this next scenario, I want you to see if you can identify with some of the feelings or some of the conversations that they get into. Hey, beautiful. Hey, Dad. How's my favorite daughter tonight? Good. If you want me to believe that, you better say it like you mean it. I'm fine. You are your father's daughter. I suppose it's my fault for raising a stoic and a BS artist. What's going on? Daddy. I've never been more miserable in my life. I'm so depressed. All I do is work. The people there hate me. My roommates don't like me. Hold on, hold on. Slow down, slow down. Hold on, hold on. Back up a second. What what the heck is going on? I thought that was your dream job. It is. Or it was. Or I think it is. I don't know. I'm just so lonely. I've been here for over a year, and I still haven't made any friends. what about all these people you're always telling me about? How about uh, the, the one you're biking with every weekend? Ashley? Uh, yeah, yeah, what, what about Ashley and all these fun things you do with all these people? I don't know. Some of them are all right, I guess. 
Ashley's fun and everything, but we never talk about anything real or interesting. She's only interested in making friends, just so she always has someone to do stuff with. I'm just so lonely. It's not like the friends I had back home. I don't understand. There's all these people around. You got the work, your apartment complex, the people you hang out with on the weekends. I mean, they're all just like you, you know, out there looking for friends and whatnot. It's just different, Dad. I, I still don't understand, sweetie. The people here are just temporary. They move here to work, hate Disney, and go back home. Or they thought they'd like Florida, but then when they get here, they don't, and they go back home. Or they miss their family in Michigan or whatever and go back. What about the, uh, the one local friend you had? Uh, Grace. Grace it was. You want to hang out with Grace and her family and her friends? Grace is nice, but I don't know. We just view the world differently. Her advice is kind of crazy, and she doesn't really listen. And Besides, she has her friends, and sometimes I just feel like an outsider to them. Well, how, uh, how about your roommates? <laughs> I mean, when we dropped you off, they seem nice. Anybody can seem nice when they want to. I have nothing in common with them. They're just the complete opposite of what I need. Are you uh, connecting with anyone at work? Maybe. Kind of. Sort of. I don't know. It's just hard. I don't want everybody at work knowing my business. And the gossip mail here is terrible. I just wish I had a couple true good friends like I had back home. Well, you still got a couple true good friends back here. I mean, it's only been a little more than a year. You can call or text them or Spotify them or whatever. Brianna and I still talk, but she has a boyfriend now, and she's just so far away. Everyone's just kind of moved on. It feels like nobody has trouble making friends but me. No, it is not just you. It's awful, Daddy. I wish you were here. I wish I were there, too. But, sweetie, maybe you just need to find some new activities, you know, make some new friends and some new scenarios. Um, I don't know, how about uh, church, maybe, with a good young adults program? The churches here aren't like Life Church back home. Well, there's got to be one that's close. I mean, how hard have you looked? Not hard, I guess. You just don't understand. It's like I don't care about anything anymore. Most days I don't even want to get out of bed. Look, here's what we'll do. This weekend, I will do some research online, and I will send you some suggestions for churches that look good to me, okay? Okay. How did you make friends when you first moved away from home? Well, I actually found a church, which I quit going to after six months. Then what? Then I got drunk and met your mother. Dad. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. I know. Yeah, that was a few years later. Dad. Uh, let's see. Uh, what did I do? Oh, uh, played some video games with friends and uh, organized a watch party for Seinfeld. Some co-ed, uh, co-ed softball. But, I mean, the truth is, sweetie, almost all that stuff was with coworkers. So, you know, I, I guess I just had better luck than you're having. Have you thought about checking out the beaches? They're all at least an hour away. But... They do have some pretty fun stuff there. I mean, there's parasailing, volleyball. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go, right? That, that'd be a start anyway, right? Mix things up a little bit, right? Maybe snap you out of your funk.
I still don't have anyone to talk to. I wish you were here. I wish I were too, sweetie. Listen, you just got to get back out there, okay? Recirculate again. These things can take time. People are funny. You're right, Dad. Thanks. Talking to you always makes me feel better. Same. You can call me anytime. I love you. Love you more. You lie like a rug. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. So now what? Or am I talking to myself? My mind is running empty. In this search for someone else who doesn't look right through me. It's all just static in my head. Can anybody tell me why I'm moving like a salad? Like, cause tonight I'll be like an astronaut, sending SOS from the tiny box. And I'm all stalled, single when I lift it up. Now I'm stuck out here and the world forgot. Can you please calm down? Cause I'm by the silence Is it something that I've done I know that there are millions And I can't be the only one I'm so disconnected So different in my head Can anybody tell me why I'm lonely like a saddle Like Cause tonight I'll feel like an astronaut Sending SOS from this tiny box And I lost all signal when I left it off Now I'm stuck out here and the world forgot Can I please come down? Cause I'm tired of drifting around and round Can I please come down? Now I'm If you hear my voice, come pick me up. Are you out there? Cause you're all I got. It's tonight I'm feeling like an astronaut. Sending SOS from this tiny box. And I lost all signal when I left it off. Now I'm stuck out here and the world forgot. And tonight I'm feeling like an astronaut. Sending SOS from this tiny box. All the lonely people that the world forgot. Are you out Cause I'm tired
Have you ever felt like that? Like the writer of that song must have felt? Or had that conversation with somebody? Or maybe even internally where you feel kind of alone? I know I have. I've been there. Um, Kirsten, my wife, and I have moved uh, three times over the last four years. Uh, We moved from Lakeland to Pensacola, Florida. And when we left Lakeland, we left behind some really good friends. And then we were in Pensacola for a couple years. And then we moved from Pensacola to Saraland, Alabama. And when we left Pensacola, we left behind some really good friends and family. And then we were in Saraland, Alabama for about a year and a half. And then we moved from Saraland to Orlando. And again, we left behind some really good friends. As a matter of fact, for Kirsten, it was some of the best friends she's ever had. And I felt really terrible about asking her to leave those people behind. And we've been in Orlando for a little over a year now. And and we've made some good friends. And I have some family here. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a really difficult thing to continue to open yourself up and be in a vulnerable space with new people and try and make those friendships over again. And so if you're in that place this morning, if if you're feeling like maybe that song communicated or had that conversation that we saw earlier or feel lonely, I I want you to know that, that you're not alone this morning and that I think God really wants to speak life into that situation. I think God's got something for us this morning if you're in that place or if you've been in that place or you know somebody who is in that place. So before we dive into the message, I want to pray with you guys and pray over this service. So if you would just pray with me, um, Lord, thank you so much for this, uh, for this morning, another beautiful morning, another opportunity to gather together. Um, Lord, I pray that as we, um, really dive into what you have for us this morning, Father, that you would speak life into the loneliness, that you would, uh, help us realize our need for, for community and for relationship. And Lord, that you would, um, show us or illuminate the people that you've already placed around us, or Lord, if we don't have those people, that you would begin to bring them into our path. Um, God, speak to us in a new, fresh way this morning, and and just be with us. Um, We thank you, we love you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we are in our Back to a New Future series, and and the whole idea behind this series is that COVID, uh, COVID-19 and sheltering in place and quarantine and social distancing like really rocked everybody's world in like significant ways, right? Kind of changed the way we had to live and, and still are living um, in different ways in sort of this new future. And, and while it came with a lot of negatives, um, we wondered as a, as, a, as a team, man, what is God trying to communicate to us through these difficult times? What are some things that we can kind of take away from some of the tough stuff that we're dealing with? and maybe bring with us as we adjust to this new normal and we adjust to what things are supposed to look like now, what are some things that maybe God wants us to keep from that whole experience? And so the first week we talked about slowing down um, because when when all this stuff first first hit, I think a lot of us were forced to slow down in a way that we did not anticipate, right? There were just things that we had to work from home or um, just things that we normally do weren't available to us. You couldn't even go to a park there. Um, you, You know, I couldn't take my kids out to a park or anything. Um, couldn't go to Orlando City Games. I was really disappointed about that. Really missed that part of my life. Um, you know, you couldn't go out and hang out with friends at a bar or whatever. Like all that stuff was shut down and it just forced us to really slow down. But th- that can be a good thing because I think for the most part in our culture, we're encouraged to live in a busy breakneck pace, right? Where we're always just like, oh, I'm doing good, but I'm busy or I'm doing good, but I'm tired, right? 
And so we talked about how maybe instituting a slower pace of life could be part of God's plan in all this. And then last week we talked about the idea of silence and solitude and how a lot of us are really uncomfortable with silence and solitude. But as things slowed down, we were forced to kind of spend some time alone And even though that can be uncomfortable, um, and we had you guys experience that, I promise I'm not going to make you be silent for any (laughs) length of time this week, for those of you who are, like, worried. Um, But as a matter of fact, that's actually a really important practice in Christian tradition. Going back centuries, um, Christians have spent time in silence and solitude and just used that as a time to connect with God. And it can be really refreshing and restful for your soul to do that. And so this week, we're going to dive into another idea that was kind of brought to the forefront um, with everything that we had to do during COVID, and that's, that's relationships. We're going to look at the importance of relationships and, um, and the idea that they're, they're necessary and how much we might have missed them during some of our COVID time. Is the reality is that we live in a world that through technology and apps and our phones, the, it, we can feel more connected than ever, right? Like I can tell you stuff about some obscure high school friend um, that lives in Texas, right, that I haven't talked to since high school, um, which for me was a while ago. I'm not going to tell you how many years, but it was a while ago, okay? And, but I can tell you stuff about their life because we're, you know, connected. Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm still connected with every church that I've ever worked at, so I know what's going on at those churches or um, when Kevin Baker plays music in his living room I can tune in and feel like I'm right there like right in his living room as he's playing right or uh, parents now have the ability to know exactly where their kids are at at all times through like GPS tracking and apps and all that good stuff which like some of the parents are like yes right like I want to know where my kids are at always or, uh, or my daughter, when she talks to her grandparents, she still gets to see their face anytime that they talk. Like, they still get to have that face-to-face interaction. And, you know, while we may be connected more than ever, I think we're also lonelier and more disconnected than we've ever been. I, I looked up some studies and some things that are going on in our culture to kind of get ready for this message, and I found one that said 40% of Americans report that they sometimes or always feel their social relationships are not meaningful. And then another 20% said they feel lonely or socially isolated. And that lack of connection has consequences. Um, And and this this survey that I just quoted from was actually pre-pandemic. There's surveys out now that have come out after the pandemic that boost those numbers all the way up to 60% of people feeling like they're uh, isolated and disconnected. And experts in psychology are talking about that there is an epidemic of loneliness going on right now, with with COVID making that even worse. And it's something that isn't just like an idea of loneliness. It's actually something that affects our physical and mental health. There are a lot of studies that show, and I found this to be crazy because this was all over the place. I saw it in a bunch of different places, but that loneliness is actually worse for you than obesity, like physically. It'll wear on your body more than obesity. And a bunch of other places also said that loneliness is actually worse for you than smoking 15 cigarettes a day, right? Which seemed like really extreme to me. I was like, whoa, 15 a day, like that is a lot. But they said it's worse. And I think that as somebody who works with students, our younger generations are feeling loneliness at an alarming rate and percentage. And this is a very real problem for our world today. And loneliness is literally lowering the life expectancy of our culture and creating diseases of despair. 
And I think this morning that, that God has some stuff for us, and he wants to speak into that issue. And God has some ways that we can really begin to cultivate not just these surface-level friendships that a lot of us have, but real, deep, meaningful, personal friendships. And so, like I said, if, if you're feeling lonely, I want you to know that you're not alone. There's a lot of people in the same boat. But we, as we were created for connection. We see it in the very beginning of Scripture, all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And I have a, a, little, a couple paragraphs from this uh, book written by John Ortberg, and I thought he summed this up in a really interesting and profound way. He says, God creates a man in his own image. God looks at the man who bears his likeness, and he says, not good. Why does God look at man and say, not good? Because he likes women better? Eh, maybe a little bit, but not quite. This is a radical comment about the fundamental importance of human relationships. What is striking is that the fall has not yet occurred. There's no sin, no disobedience, nothing to mar the relationship between God and man. The human being is in a perfect state of intimacy with God. Each word he and God speak with each other is filled with closeness and joy. He walks with God in the garden in the cool of the day. He is known and loved to the core of his being by his omniscient, love-filled creator. Yet the word God uses to describe him is alone. And God says that that aloneness is not good. And that passage right there is interesting because God's created everything. He's created the world, the stars, the plants, the ocean, all that good stuff. He's created all the animals. He creates man. And he realizes that man is alone and that it's not good. And so then what does he do? He brings all the animals to Adam. So basically he tries to get Adam a pet, right? He's like, look, man, I know you're lonely. Like, let's get you a dog or who knows? Maybe a cheetah could have been his pet. We don't know at that point, right? But he tries to bring Adam a pet and that doesn't do, Right? which kind of tells us something important. Sorry, dog people. <laughs> but he tries to give Adam a pet and it doesn't work. And so then he's like, nope, you know what? He needs something else. And so he creates woman from his own flesh, from his own rib to have, help him to have a human relationship. And study after study links our relationships to our well-being. I saw one that said 72% of people reply that family and friendships com- uh, contribute significantly to their personal happiness. Researchers analyzing the happiest people came to the conclusion that the single biggest factor is relationships. A psychiatrist and and professor at Harvard found that one of the predictors of whether you would be alive at 80 years old or not was the answer to this question. Is there someone in your life whom you would feel comfortable calling at 4 a.m. to tell your troubles to? It's one of the predictors of whether or not you'd live a a longer life. See, God has designed us for close personal relationships, and science and statistics back that up. And now, I'm not talking about the 1,500 friends that you have on Facebook or the, you know, 400 people you're following on Instagram. And let's be honest, on Facebook, you've probably muted at least half of those people, right? So those aren't quite the relationships that I'm talking about. I'm also not really talking about those work acquaintances that you say hi to when you go into the office or your neighbor that you wave at on your way in and never really have a a deep, meaningful conversation with. We're talking about real deep meaningful relationships. And so this morning, we're going to look at three requirements to have that, 
There are three requirements for deep, meaningful relationships. So the things that we're going to talk about this morning are proximity, authenticity, and sacrifice. We need these three things to have real, deep relationships. And so the first one we're going to look at is proximity. And one of my favorite kind of statistics behind proximity is this. Studies show that only 7% of communication is based on the written or verbal word. A whopping 93% of communication is based on nonverbal body language. It's the only way we can hear tone of voice or the look in someone's eye that lets us know when they say, I'm fine, they're not actually fine. That nonverbal communication is key. When, when somebody says, I'm in, but it doesn't quite actually mean that they're all in, the tone, the inflection, what they're doing with their hands or their shoulders, how they're leaning, if their arms are crossed or not. All of those things are important indications in conversation and communication that let us know what somebody's actually thinking and feeling. And what this paradox in studies tells us is that with all the powerful technologies at our fingertips, we're more connected but potentially more disconnected Because at the end of the day, you can't really sum up all of communication with phrases, abbreviations, snippets, emojis, which may or may not be an accurate representation of the truth. I learned this uh, a while ago, maybe three years ago, uh, at a church, and um, a student had texted me uh, some questions, and I just responded like what I thought a normal human being responds like, um, and that included like full sentences and punctuation. And uh, a few days later, I I saw her at church, and she thought that I was so mad at her. And I was just like, why would you think that I'm mad at you? And she's like, well, you said, you typed this whole word out, and then you put a period at the end. And I was like, that's how, that's a normal, that's a sentence. Like, I don't know. So I had to learn that, like, I needed emojis to communicate my emotions after I typed my sentences. Otherwise, people would think I'm mad at them. But that's sort of the, that's sort of the pitfalls of some of this technology and communication is you can't get some of the things that you would normally have when you're face-to-face with somebody. And so things get misconstrued, right? Real relationships require us to be fully present. And that includes physically for the communication side, but also mentally. We have to be mentally in a conversation and not distracted. Otherwise, we lose that proximity. We see a little bit of this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, which says, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. I love how they phrase that. None of this going off and doing your own thing. See, in, in Scripture, we're reminded often that we're supposed to be living together, connected on a deeper level than just superficial, kind of like all of your body parts being connected. If somebody took my arm and put it in another state, I would not know what my hand is feeling. Like, we're disconnected, right? And we, we have to have that proximity. It requires face-to-face engagement. And this is a tough one for multiple reasons. I know many people, myself included, who have some of their best friends that live hours away. And I want to tell you that 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 relationship matters. Like that relationship is important. I'm not telling you that it's not. But it can't be your only one because proximity does matter. It can't be your only relationship that you lean on. FaceTime is a wonderful tool. But at the end of the day, it's no substitute for the real thing. 
my daughter and my mom have fun on FaceTime. They like, whenever they talk, they want to do FaceTime. And my daughter loves turning her face into a dragon and it makes her laugh like every time. Um, she's, she thinks it's great. But it's no substitute for my mom being able to pick her up and put her in her lap and hold her or, you know, the interactions that they have on the back patio while they're blowing bubbles together. Like those are just two different things. The other reason that, that uh, proximity can be a challenge for us is it requires us to put the phone down so that we can be fully present. We have to be mentally in conversations when we're close. And, you know, when I come home and uh, we're sitting down to dinner and uh, Callie is trying to tell me about her day, which is, you know, in broken English because she's four. But she's trying to talk to me nonetheless. And uh, the Thursday night football game's coming up and I'm trying to set my fantasy lineup because I got to get the W this week. Um, when I'm doing that, I'm not present there. I'm not in proximity. We're sitting at the same table, but we might as well be in different rooms. Because my attention and my focus is not with her. It's on whatever I'm doing on my phone. And so for some of us, we need to create some device-free times and environments for ourselves. And if you're like me and you feel a little socially awkward, like I'm not always the greatest in conversations with like people I don't know. And uh, I'll be honest, I use my phone as a crutch in those situations. Tell me if you, you might be able to identify with this. When you're talking with somebody and you've gone through like the normal five sentences of chit chat, you know, and you've reached that lull in the conversation, you reach that first lull. The first thing that I do when I feel uncomfortable in that place is reach for my phone and pretend to like do something on it. Like even if I don't have a notification, doesn't matter. I immediately reach for it and I'm trying to do something so that I don't feel awkward in that little lull in conversation or I don't have to be the one who thinks of like the next thing to say to keep the conversation going. And I think for some of us that in that moment, it takes me out of proximity. I'm immediately disengaging and telling that other person, hey, uh, I don't want to talk to you anymore, right? I have more important things to do than to talk to you. That's what I'm telling them when I do that. For me, it's just a way to avoid like awkwardness of conversation. But in that moment, it takes me out of proximity and kind of takes away any chance of real relationship being there. So real relationships require proximity. The next thing that they require is authenticity. I think as powerful as the emotion of we all want to be loved is this idea that we all want to be known. We want to be known. We want somebody who, who, to look us in the eyes and we want them to know the real us, right? Someone that knows our best and worst and still loves us. That's the idea of being known, which requires authenticity. We have, it requires us to take off these masks that we typically wear as we're talking with people or having interactions with people. That wall that we put up that says, I'll let you in a little bit, but I'm not going to let you in all the way. I'll show you a little bit of who I am, but I'm not going to show you all of who I am, right? Because that would require me to be vulnerable, and, and that's not a place that I like to be in. But in order to have real, close, personal relationships, we have to get to that place. We have to be authentic with people. And it's one of the problems we run into with our social media blitz culture, because with any social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, like whatever you're on, you are presenting a picture of yourself that you want other people to see. 
It's edited, it's cropped, it's exactly the person that you want people to think you are. Hey, look, it's me and my wife, we're in this awesome place, we're having so much fun, all smiles, even though you guys just got done fighting about breakfast, right? Like, that's how social media works. We present this edited version of ourselves that we want people to see, and what happens is we get so used to that, that we never really end up letting people in to see all of us. And if we only do that, then we never have somebody that really knows us. So I have a small example, but it was really meaningful to me. Um, Kevin and Kristen Baker, they, they play on the band here, and they also serve on the student ministry team. They're small group leaders. And um, one of the things I love about my, my volunteers in student ministry is we kind of function more as like a small group than like just a serving team. So like we meet together before youth, and we talk, and we do uh, sort of different little Bible studies and just share life together. And... Um, one day they, they do these little live streams on Facebook if you haven't caught one. And I tuned in and they played this song, Sitting by the Dock of the Bay, Otis Redding. Any fans? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, one of my favorites. And uh, they played it and I just made a comment to them one Wednesday. I was like, oh man, you guys play this song? It's one of my favorite songs. I love that song. And then a few months later, um, it's my birthday and I get a text from Kevin saying, hey bro, um, happy birthday. We're going to play a song for you tonight if you want to tune in. And I was like, oh cool, that's nice of them. And so I tune in their live stream, and sure enough, they, you know, give me a shout out and say, you know, happy birthday. And they play that song that months ago I had told them is a song that I really enjoy. And it just showed that, like, they cared enough about me to, like, remember that it's one of my favorite songs. I didn't remind them that it was my birthday. They just knew and cared enough to, like, incorporate that into what they were doing. And I love that about being authentic and open with people. Real relationships require authenticity, vulnerability, and risk. It's one of our values here at Kensington. Because we think a lot of times what happens is when people go to church, we find that a lot of times it's the place where people tend to be the most inauthentic, right? They think like, oh, I got to present this version of myself that looks like godly to everybody else or, you know, kind of looks like I have it all together, we hide our, our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups. But when I read scripture, I think that the church should be the one place where it should be the safest to be who you really are. You should be able to be authentic. One of the places that I see this is in Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. It says, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, You're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. I love how they word that. (laughs) How can we carry each other's burdens if we're all pretending we don't have any? The church is supposed to be a place where um, where you can come and have other people surround you and lift you up and help you through those tough times and help you with what you're struggling with. And we're trying to grow that culture here. On our teaching team, we have a a rule that we go by. So anybody that preaches, um, Kevin gives us this rule. He says, if it's a failure, share your own. If it's a success, share somebody else's, right? And why do we do that? Because I want to be a part of a spiritual community where it's okay to be authentic and who you are, where you are right in that moment. And if it's not okay for me to be authentic up here, then it's not okay for it to happen anywhere else. The last requirement of these real relationships is sacrifice. And we find a a piece of what this looks like in John 13, 34 through 35. It says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. 
Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. He says, love each other like I have loved you. Jesus gave everything to love us. Real relationships require us to sacrifice some things to be in them. We have to sacrifice our time and we have to sacrifice our pride and get real with each other. They require that we sacrifice our lives for each other and carry each other's burdens. One last piece from uh, Ortberg's book. He says, We tend to devote massive amounts of time to making money, running errands, and succeeding at our jobs, but we neglect giving our most valuable possession, time, to the experience for which we were created, community. I find that true in my life. That most of the time I'm just trying to like move from point A to point B, thinking about my job, thinking about the things I got to do around the house, whatever it is, and I give kind of whatever's maybe left over to go hang out with a friend or something like that. But real relationships have time spent and shared experiences. When we really begin to sacrifice our most precious commodity of time and we rub elbows and, and serve together and work together, we can form real relationships. I'll tell you, you will get to know the real person when you're out here at 6.30 in the morning sweating with them, setting up K-Kids. Like You really get to know somebody at that point. But do we have, so the question for us is, do we have people that we'll make our life inconvenient for? Do we have people that will do for that for us? I have a story of uh, like a literal 4 a.m. friend. Um, It's my buddy Mike. He lives out in Winter Park. And uh, last year in November, I was supposed to come speak. And at about 1 o'clock in the morning, I decided that there was a pain that I could not get past. And I needed to go to the emergency room where they told me, you have appendicitis. And I was like, well, that's not going to work for today. Um, So I had to have surgery right there, 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I had to send Kevin like a text that said like, hey, bro, can't preach this morning. You got it. Um, and, uh, and he took it over. And then Kirsten and I were like, well, what do we do with Callie? You know, we don't want her at the hospital for hours on end while I have to wait for my surgery. Um, so the first call that I made was to my buddy, Mike. And I was like, hey, can you uh, watch Callie while I have the surgery? You know, and uh, he was no hesitation, absolutely dropped everything, which basically just meant drop sleeping because um, it was 4 a.m. But uh, <laughs> He, he immediately came and, and met Kirsten and, and picked up Callie because he was willing to sacrifice his convenience. He's willing to sacrifice his time, sacrifice his sleep to come pick up my daughter for me. So who would you make your life inconvenient for? Who would you work bef- beside? Who would you call at 4 a.m.? And who can count on you to do that? Because we want this to be a church filled with people who are in real relationships together. But that takes sacrifice. It takes you diving into the mess of relationship. When, make, when people make you mad or hurt you, being able to have those uncomfortable conversations and move past those rough spots, it takes sacrifice to get there. But man, what a beautiful community that Jesus pictures when he says, I want everyone to love each other like I have loved you. When Jesus took everything that people threw on them and then carried their burdens, sacrificed himself, and while on the cross said, I forgive them, right? What kind of church community we create if we dove into relationships like that? We were designed for community like that. It's a beautiful picture of what the church can be when we sacrifice for each other. So we know that real relationships are important. 
And we have sort of a good picture of how to have those with those three requirements. But how do I start working on that this morning? Well, I have a few steps for you guys. The first of which is this. For some of us, this is going to look like whittling down some of those acquaintances that we have and really focusing in on a few strong relationships. I mean, even Jesus used this model. Jesus had his 12 disciples that he traveled around with and talked with all the time. But out of those, out of those 12, he had three who he was super close with and one who he entrusted his mother with while he was on the cross. Right? Like while Jesus was on the cross, he looked down at his disciple John and said, Hey, while I'm gone, will you take care of my mom? Like he was super close with that guy. He didn't ask anybody else to do it. He asked John to do it. That's a really, really close relationship that you would entrust your mom's care to a friend, right? So some of us need to work on stop having so many acquaintances and really diving into authentic relationship with a few people. For some of us, this is going to look like opening up our hearts and our, our lives to a place where we will be vulnerable with another person again. Maybe you've been hurt or your best friend left or you just moved and you're not quite ready to take that step yet. But you have to, you have to move past the uncomfortableness of saying, man, I, I don't know if I want to do that again with another person. And here at Kensington, we want to provide you with some easy avenues to get into this. It's why we do a lot of the things that we do. We really value community and relationship here. So we have these men's and women's ministries, which is a great way to kind of dip your toe in the water, right? If you're not sure about these church people or what they do or what they're like, men's and women's ministries are a great way to kind of get involved. They do a lot of fun events, and it's a great way to meet new people, right? Or if you're ready to take a step beyond that, we have serving teams. Like I said, you will get to know somebody as you serve together and work hard and sweat together and and get to pull off something awesome, whether it's in K-Kids or student ministries or setting up and, and pulling off everything that we do here on a Sunday morning. And last but definitely not least, our main avenue that we want you guys to do this, this is our focus, this is why we have these, is our life groups. You can jump into a this morning by just texting that number our life groups are designed to foster relationships anybody who leads a life group gets that message up front hey your main priority is to create relationships within your group of people they're small groups designed for you to be able to go in and have real authentic relationships to be known to know others and to grow together so you can jump into one of those this morning you don't have to wait these are things that you can do today. There's an a academic journal called the Journal of Happiness Studies. That is definitely sounds like a place I would want to work at, studying happiness. And they found that what makes people consistently happy is not your health, it's not how much money you have, it's not your security or attractiveness or IQ or career success. They said what distinguishes consistently happier people from less happy people is the presence of rich, deep, joy-producing, life-changing, meaningful relationships. You are designed to be in authentic relationships where you're in proximity, where you're authentic, and where you sacrifice for each other. So my question for you to think about this morning is who are your 4 a.m. friends? And what could our church look like if we were all in these authentic, life-giving relationships? And how could we impact the city of Orlando 
if we were a church like that. So maybe for some of you, the first relationship you need to start this morning is one with Jesus. See, we serve a God who doesn't just sit on high and like watch everybody do stuff. He is real personal God and he wants a relationship with you this morning. And if you don't have that relationship, I encourage you to start that today. Don't wait. And so as we have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes, I'm going to pray. And if that's you this morning and you want to start a relationship with Jesus this morning, use my words as a guide, but you talk to God from your own heart. Lord God, I know that you are a personal, relational God. That you've created me to be in community with you and community with others. God, I ask that you would remove the barriers that stand between me and you. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you and I want to have that relationship. Be near me this morning. Draw close to me. And God, for those of us who know you, Lord, I pray that you would illuminate the people that you've already surrounded us with, that you want us to be in community with. And God, show us the direction that we need to move in. God, bring people in our path that you want us to develop relationships with. God, help us to be a community of people who are authentic, who are close, and who sacrifice for each other. God, thank you for the way that you've spoken to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.